Hi, I'm the captain, and uh, thank you for joining us today on um, Survival of Us podcast. I'm going to start out by apologizing. You're probably going to hear kitten noises because I'm kitten sitting. I so don't think some people would think that an apology is necessary. Well, yes, but some people. <laughs> that might some people. Our maybe, but some people. Well, yeah, the but, cat but is not the is problem. Is that the type of audience that we really want? <laughs> hey, they, hey. they need. To, they, they, they need. They, they need to be warned. Anyway, so yes. Maybe I'm that should be our topic: dogs yeah. versus cats. We'll oh, save no. that. We'll save that. Yeah, wow. it, we'll save so, that. I'll probably here's, lose. Here's how I can tie in kittens to today's topic. So. We're we're just automatically derailed. We haven't even introduced the topic, and we're already derailed. (laughs) Perfect. Go for it. We're on it. So our our topic is education. And today, um, I learned that the place I the the university I'm going to for grad school right now, they uh, my exams are over because you know night class. Anyways. But for all the undergrad students, they get to hang out with kittens and puppies during exam week. And what? I just I wish I could have hung out with kittens when I had. What is this? Camp, but <laughs> so it ties into our topic today, which is which is education. Um, mm. so. Warden, you're doing so well. You can take it from here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. So yeah. I will. I will start by sharing my own journey through the school well not completely public school system i was homeschooled from uh kindergarten or preschool whatever do homeschoolers consider themselves enrolled in preschool I don't, know. <laughs> <laughs> don't ask me my, my oh. first year of public school was sixth grade uh but when i was homeschooled uh, we would go to what were called Friday classes, where we would do art and music and, uh, like, basically your extracurricular type stuff. Um, yeah, no, I, I did not come from a family of 15 with a big van, <laughs> all the homeschool ter- stereotypes, although I was extremely shy. I don't know if, if how my, my social skills weren't as on par as a kid, but... That might not have had anything to do with being homeschooled and other the fact that I was just a quiet and terrified little girl. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> okay, I remember one time, this was when I was still homeschooled, somebody, I don't know if my mom bought the book or a friend of, or who, but I just remember this book showing up in our house and it was called It's Okay to Be Shy. And <laughs> it was <crazy>. Aww. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, sixth grade was my first year of public school. Um, thankfully, I had a, my best friend from church was in that class, and the teacher was great. She was out in and out a lot though because she had cancer, and so we the, we had a substitute who was also great. And thankfully, it was the same substitute all the time, so that helped me too because I was still very shy and entering into public mm. school and. <laughs> The school system that I was in at that time, sixth grade was still considered elementary school. Um, so I guess I had one year of public elementary school. And then the next year, the middle school was in a new building. So yeah, I went through the rest of my school year through the school system in the same town. I don't, I mean, 
it's not that I didn't, I had friends, but I wasn't really talkative and active until high school. Like the further I got into high school, the more um, I felt more comfortable, but still like I look back and I'm like, man, I wish I could go to high school with the personality that I have now, (laughs) if that makes sense. Like I'm way more relaxed now. I was very, still very shy and kind of scared. But yeah, then I went to community college and got in and out in one year with my associates thanks to programs from my high school and then transferred to a four-year university and got out of there and I say got out of there like it was prison it no it was fine um <laughs> got my bachelor's uh social work from a private university graduated early not really on purpose but after I found out I was very close to graduating early, then I made it be on purpose and piled on some extra classes. And so, yeah, then I kind of just hung out in the job world for a few years after that. And now I'm in school again, doing transition to teaching. And that is my education journey. Uh, wow. Pickup, you want to you share your story? Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, so growing up, I spent several years in kind of every different type of school setting. So I was in a private school for a little while. Um, so kind of there are, let's see, I, it's so hard to remember because we bounced around a lot, but I started in a public school, went there for like a year or two. And then I went to a private school and I stayed there for several grades. And then we moved and we did homeschooling for a little while. And then I spent another year in the public school system and then got out of that and went back to homeschooling through most of high school. And then I graduated, went to a private college, got my bachelor's degree in three years And then I went to a public college online to get my master's degree and got within two classes of that. And then there was a big legal issue that happened with the school and I'm no longer there. So, yeah, I've had a very interesting uh, (laughs) set of experiences when it comes to education. So I guess um, most probably the most formative years as far as education goes, was in homeschool. Um, I spent most of middle school and high school in the homeschool setting. With that being said, I was very, very, very different than the typical shy homeschool mentality of what what people think homeschoolers are. I was 100% extroverted, 100% out in the world and wanting to be a part of everything. Um, I actually ran with a high school track team for a while just because I didn't have anybody to run with as a homeschooler. So I decided to just see if they'd let me run with the, uh, the high school. And, um, I was almost a part of one of the high school plays because I was around so often that they, they basically asked (laughs) me to join in and they were like, uh, I'm not sure if we're allowed to have you or not. Let me check on that. And then by the time that they figured it out, they were ready for shows and they were like, well, we probably shouldn't just throw you in the middle of this. But yeah, so I've had I've had a bunch of interaction with a lot of different school systems. And I went to 
um, five homecomings in a year. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, How is I, that possible? Because everybody had them on different weekends, and so I just knew people from all these different schools because I had went and made friends from different, like, church camps or I, you know, just gone and engaged with different people. And then they're like, hey, you want to go to the homecoming game and dance? Like, sure, let's go. And so I'd go hang out with my friends, and they'd be like, hey, look, we have a random homeschooler with us. Isn't he cute? And I'm like, yay, I get to tag along with everyone. It's a so, token yeah. homeschooler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what it is. I mean, it was a blast, though, because, I mean, because of that, when I would go to camps with other people, there really wasn't any school rivalry with me. So you would often see people kind of group up in their little schools. Mm-hmm. And so you could see, like, oh, this is the the school that's downtown. This is the school that's just on the edge of town. This is the one that's you know, got all the prep kids and all, all of those circles would kind of run together at the camps. And then there would be me just kind of like wrecking every single circle because I'd crash through it and make a couple of friends and drag them with me to another circle. So, so yeah, it was basically a, did then what you do now. Yeah, basically. Like your personality. Yeah, has just been very I'm, I'm just I, I like doing that. I like making friends of all sorts of circles. So it's pretty common for me to do that and kind of branch out and make people branch out with me but um yeah uh I don't was there anything else like I said I graduated from a private school as far as college goes so I spent three years there to get my degree and I was planning on staying there for a master's degree but uh just because of some stuff that I learned from an internship after I graduated I decided to go a different direction, and that's what led me to the public school that I did online, which was also very interesting because it was 100% um, assignment-based. So actually, if you knew the subject and you were able to produce the assignments quickly, you could graduate You know, from each class, I should say. You could graduate each class in a week if you knew the stuff, but if you had to work on it and actually take the extra time on it and learn it, then it would just take as long as it would take you to complete their requirements for that class. So it was pretty unique. Um, Very interesting situation. Very, very hard to keep yourself motivated. So it was really helpful to have other people to help do that. And then, like I said, that kind of fell through. And I'm still working to see if my credits will transfer somewhere or if I'm just kind of out of luck with what happened. So, yeah. I gotta take a breath because that was a lot of words, but <laughs> yeah. So, Cap, talk to me. What what did you have as far as a uh, educational experience? Well, let's see. I unlike both of you, I was public school. Uh, throughout hey. my whole, yeah, I was. We got the full circle, kid. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and I'll be honest, like I. Cause I grew up around people who went, who were homeschooled. My brother was homeschooled. Uh, I wasn't. And I just, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It just struck me as so quaint. Now be careful. Careful, you're outnumbered right now. (laughs) I am, I am. But I just looked at all the preschool, all all the homeschoolers. I'm like, they're so quaint. And not necessarily in a bad way, but it's just, I, it's just, and, and it's not like I could claim ignorance. Like, how does it work? Because 
there was my brother being homeschooled and sure there was you know i was watching at work but it was just it, it's so quaint and and i could see the differences between the curriculums but anyway so yeah um grade school middle school high school i went to a public school uh you know i'm not going to claim that it was perfect uh but i will say that uh, having grown up and heard other people's stories, I think I was pretty blessed to go to, I think it was actually a pretty good public school compared to a lot of the stories I've heard. And honestly, my biggest issue with it was that I had the wrong attitude. I thought I knew everything when mm. I was those years. So I kind of feel like I could have gotten more out of it if I had a better attitude. So uh, after that, I went to a private university and um, that that kind of changed everything everything for me because that's when uh, that's when I learned when I didn't know everything, and <laughs> that that kind of set the tone for the way I am uh, right now. So after that, uh, I did four years uh, private uh, private university, got my degree, and then. Um, I attempted to go on for my master's and I just kind of, I, it sounds really sad, but, uh, you know, halfway through my master's, I kind of like, this is not what I want to do. I don't know what I want to do, but I know it's not this and I'm just doing it out of inertia. So mm. I just stopped doing it. <laughs> and I stopped that and I went into the workforce and I still have no idea what I want to do. Otherwise, I would go back to school, but um, instead of, because I've, I've always enjoyed learning. That's what the university instilled in me. So now I'm just kind of, I make my own school. I read my books. I read lots of books. I'm always learning. So, yeah. I that's, still that's think my... you should be a professor. Well, <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go. I'd sign up for your class. I'd go. Yeah, but I mean, I understand. Like, I've sat when I've sat in some professors, and I understand their lectures is just an hour of them, you know, uh, soberly, drunkenly, you know, scrawling, screeding about, you know, <laughs> everything sarcastically. So I understand that. Yeah, I could do that, but <laughs> there are other reasons why I couldn't be a professor. <laughs> so. Yeah. But yeah, that's my educational story. Yeah. Cool. Hmm. So did you ever do online education? I did. That's how I was, that's how I was going to do my master's. Oh, yeah. Uh, And um, I liked it, but I also don't think it's for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I only liked it for the independence. I liked it because I didn't have to sit and listen to other people's questions. I know that sounds awful, you know, I didn't need to sit there and listen to other people rabbit trail, but I also feel like, um, I, there are some things you don't get because there are important bunny trails that happen when you go in, uh, in a traditional setting that Mm -hmm. are honestly a lot more important than the course itself. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, what about you guys uh, and online? Um, uh, taken, oh, go ahead. No, please. You first. Um, I've taken some online classes. I'm trying to remember. I took a music class online in community college. And then, did I take an online class at 
Like another, I don't, I don't, I feel like there was another online class in there somewhere. I struggle with online classes, uh, just because, I don't know why, I, I think I just get, but at the same time, sometimes I, I struggle with in-class classes because I get bored just sitting in, I just need to be moving around and stuff. I did take my, this wasn't at a university or anything, but just online classes for um, herbalism, and I enjoy it, but I still struggle with it. With I don't, I think because of that topic, I'd rather be interacting with humans. So I guess it just depends on the topic. But it's it's not bad. It's just I struggle with it sometimes. I would definitely prefer in class. Mm -hmm. I did the online school thing for quite a while and granted I was in a pretty unique program so it's not not similar to hardly anything else out there um, but I just feel like the human interaction and the constant pressure of oh I have to physically turn this in or I have to even digitally turn this in but like we're talking about this thing in class. Like, those were the things that I think drove me to have good grades when I was in college. And it was so much harder when I was doing online and I was by myself and I was sitting there going, oh, well, they're not going to mark me down any points if it's late. So I'm just going to, you know, submit it whenever I can submit it and it'll be fine. And that really tore into me just it, it killed my motivation. It destroyed my desire to finish because I was just sitting there like, oh, I can finish it whenever I need to. And it's like that. That was a terrible, awful decision for me to mm -hmm. pretend like I could just turn it in whenever I really should have had somebody that was just sitting over my shoulder being like, you have to turn this in tomorrow. And it's like, <laughs> but why? I don't actually have, you have to, I think that would have, I think that alone would have made a difference, but I definitely 100% prefer to be in the classroom if for nothing else, just to actually feel what people are feeling in the room. Like, yeah, it's just so hard to just sit there and listen to words go on and on and on when I know I can literally just fast forward to the next section, you know, or I can just, uh, skip this part and finish the assignment and I'm good, you know, and it, it's it's very hard for me to motivate myself that way. So for me personally, I don't I don't know that I'd go back to online learning unless I had some sort of guarantee that it would be something where I was forcibly pushed to complete things like I just it's so challenging for me to complete things on a normal scale, let alone something that, you know, I'm going to learn. But in that process of learning, I have everyday life things that I need to accomplish as well. And so the learning part just kind of keeps getting pushed to the background. So, yeah, that, that's been my experience with online stuff. I really did not enjoy it, whether it was. I had a couple classes that were in my undergrad, which were much more similar to uh, a traditional online program. And then I had the non-traditional program that I went through for my master's. And both of them were just extremely difficult for me to motivate myself to get through. 
Which could say something very big about me, but that's why I'm saying for me, I don't think I'd go back to online um, unless I had some some better. Uh, oh, what's it called? Not motivation, but somebody somebody to pay attention to it for me. Supervision, I guess. I'm too much of a little kid to do it on my own, so I need supervision. You need an adult. I need an adult. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I, I was just dying. Go ahead. Now I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, okay. okay, well, we'll, we'll just hammer out this next point that we've got listed down. Go um, what do you guys think the government's involvement should be with education? Because, I mean, if we're going to talk a hot, debatable topic, that's probably got to be somewhere in the top 10, right? Like, what is the government's involvement in anything? And we've talked about that on so many things. But yeah. now we're in education. I, think, I how, am I, how am I trying to say this? I know that whatever opinion I were to say right now, at this very moment, will more than likely probably change drastically as I actually become a teacher. <laughs> Quite honestly, I haven't... I, it's not like up until lately, it hasn't really been the first thing on my mind until I did decide I want to become a teacher. I mean, it still isn't the first thing on my mind right now. It's just passing exams and all that fun stuff. But yeah, uh, hmm. That's a tough one. So I'll put my two cents down. Um, okay. Let you give you guys a couple seconds. Uh, yes. I, <laughs> I am fine with the government getting involved somewhat and helping people pay for education. Number one, because education is so outlandishly priced right now. Like it's so crazy what some public and private schools cost to go to. Um, now I get it. There are some other colleges like community colleges and whatnot that are much cheaper and they still provide a, pretty good education and there are a lot of them that provide a really good education um mm -hmm. and so those are really good options for people that don't have the funds to do it but i'm saying in general i think the government should be able to help provide some money for people to possibly go to school but most importantly provide for the schools to be good schools but there is one catch and I think that it has to be that you, as a consumer, have to prove that you're going to earn it. Because I see a lot of people going into college or going into a, a master's degree where they got help and assistance from, you know, public and private funds to go to this college. But then they're sitting there without any passion and they're just like, oh, school's being paid for me. I don't really care. And then on the flip side, I see people that are going to school and they are working, you know, two jobs, going to night classes in order to keep moving forward in their program. And, you know, those are the people that, you know, as soon as they get out, like they're going to they're going to go attack their field. They're going to do great in it. They're going to keep striving to form excellence there because they're fighting for it right now. 
And I think that if we're going to be helping people get that education by providing them money, I really feel like they've got to prove something to begin with that they actually want it bad enough to earn that money. Because uh, I feel like a lot of people just get in because of economics, you know, or they get in because of whatever reason. Uh, they they get in with a huge scholarship or extra federal loans that, you know, those are those are a whole nother story. But they get a lot of financial assistance and then they just don't really care about it as much. Whereas some of the people that I've seen that care about it so much that they're willing to sacrifice the rest of their life to get it, you know, they're not getting any help because they land right in the middle. So, you know, their pay is perfectly even with what the government says they're allowed to get, so they don't get any help. Yeah. But yeah, my my dad, uh, he works in financial aid, and he's been working in financial aid for, I want to say, over 25 years. So he's been working financial aid for a very, very long time, and just the amount of stories that I hear from him, the amount of stories that I witness personally, I think there are a lot of good candidates that actually deserve to have some help getting through school, and they deserve some financial assistance getting to accomplish what they dream of. And then there are other people that are getting that assistance that just abuse it. So that's where I would stand as, as far as I'm concerned. And then when you, when you get the smaller groups, like you've got all of the colleges that we're talking about, but then you've also got to talk about what sort of finances go into the public schools and, and just, you know, high school, middle school, elementary. I feel like we've got to provide them enough funds to provide things that are needed in life. You know, like you can't just have math, English and whatever else and then ship them to college and expect them to know how to do things like right. give them opportunity. <laughs> but then then you get like all sorts of socialist ideas. And I, I don't know that I have the knowledge to speak into what everybody needs to get, you know? All right, that's it. That's all the seconds I provided you. It's your turn. Oh, man. There's a, <laughs> yeah. I know, like, I, I know a lot of people in education will agree with this part that uh, a lot of students that do fall behind, especially so early on, can come from, not always, but a large contributing factor is a lack of parent or just any adult from their home involvement. Mm. Um, so, what am I trying to go with this? So, part of me wants to say, yes, like, Preschoolers, kindergartners especially, they need more time to play, structured and unstructured, unstructured, learning, learning the alphabet and words and stuff. It needs to be not so rigorous, I, like let them still be kids, but then also the other part of me is like, but then they can fall behind a lot easier if you're not staying on track, but... Is that because that is that then coming from they're not being read to at home or I don't remember right. the numbers, but my prof one of my professors was talking about the number of words. It's 
like in the thousands, I'm sure I could Google it right now, but just the significance of how important it is to read to little kids. Um, just that helps build their vocabulary, it helps them understand tone of voice, it helps them look at words and match them to what you're saying, and even if they ask you to read the same book over and over and over, uh, it's still helping them. But right. I don't even know where I'm going with this. Oh, God. <laughs> that's what you were talking about. Yeah, so, mm, I mean, they got to have some involvement, obviously, otherwise we wouldn't have public right. schools. But, yeah. yeah, I don't know how much, too much, how much is not enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting that um, what you're describing, you know, you're describing a bunch of kids that are coming to school and people are putting them on an equal playing field with everybody else in the room and assuming that while you're here in this room, you are completely level with everyone else that's in this room. And that's just not true, you know, like you can bring them and put them in the same grade because they're close to the same age and you can put them in the same sort of classes because they have the same sort of skill level. But then as they progress, like it's just going to be so different for every situation. Right. You know, like my little brother can quote random facts about all sorts of different things just because that's how he learns. So when history rolled around, he could read one chapter of history and he could be like, oh, this person did that and this person did this and this connects like that and this thing does that. And then you put him in math and he's sitting there looking at it going, hmm. And his his ADD brain, which, you know, he's awesome with, like he does such a good job of handling it and doing uh, all sorts of different things, even with, you know, that different element that he's got to work with. But with math, like, I remember looking at some of the problems that he figured out, and it was like, it was a middle-of-the-road sort of equation, and it takes up, like, a page and a half of him figuring it out just because of all of these complicated things that his brain does to the numbers. So, you know, he's still brilliant, like, absolutely brilliant, but there are definitely subjects that are going to be harder for him that are not so hard for me, you know, because I don't have that... And that's, that's just one element, and that's one element in a personality, you know, let alone all of the background that you've got with family and upbringing and what sort of education um, those around you have already helped you achieve, you know? So, I mean, cursive is a very good example of that. You know, some schools dropped cursive entirely, some are starting to bring it back, and you know, if your family taught you how to write your name and they taught you how to write it in cursive, then you would probably be much better at writing those letters in cursive than anybody else who didn't learn that. Like, it just makes sense. But that's something that your family's involved in. That's not something that you necessarily get first in a classroom unless you're talking about these situations that you were uh, of families not necessarily contributing or they're coming from broken situations or whatever the case, you know, maybe it's a perfectly good situation, but mom and dad just think all of the education comes from school, you know, they just ship them off. In the case of like, if you're moving a lot and you're getting, Mm -hmm. if you're switching school systems with like 
say for example they're teaching one subject this time of the year but then you move to a different state where they like they shift it around so you're not right like yeah so there might not be really it might not be that you're not getting any help at home or at school but you're just right kind of getting caught up in this yeah so like you learned you learned how to do fractions at one school at the beginning of the year and then when you went to a different school at the end of the year uh they're teaching fractions because they did um multiplication earlier in their year so at the end of the year you get really good at fractions but you haven't learned multiplication yet multiplication before you do fractions anyways so well, yeah, I get it. Fine. I'm not okay, a teacher. I'm I know. sorry. I'm just giving you a hard time. Ugh. He's been so quiet. I feel like he It's true. I mean, we've, we've got a little bit of banter back and forth. Uh, or well. well, I'm here. He's I'm just, just sitting worried over there. He's that... like, those homeschoolers. Oh, no, I'm <laughs> just sitting here worried that That's I'm going to open my mouth and a screed is going to come out. So I'm just oh, well, quiet. Uh, it'll be Are fine. Are you sure? Because... I would hate to interrupt this banter. No, I was enjoying fine. it. No, it's okay. good. You can't so, let the homeschoolers try and take over the public school. Like you can't. You hey, can't do that. You gotta you know, help that's us out. That's kind of what we did. We would just. I kind of felt bad for the homeschoolers. We just kind of <laughs> sat and watched them like they were like monkeys at a zoo. You know. When I was like, oh look at them. Uh, they think I, they're school. Sorry, I keep interrupting you. It's fine, go ahead. <laughs> I it's a homeschool like, thing. Oh, it's a homeschool. No, it's not. <laughs> we didn't learn social cues. I didn't learn social cues. I don't know when people are <laughs> Carry on. To, to all our homeschoolers out there, we, we know. Learn how to have a conversation. Anyways, <laughs> uh, when I was in community college, uh, I, don't, I think it was just a free choice for the speech class, but we had to write a research paper and then give a, a speech about a topic. And so I chose homeschool and made the argument about how, well, obviously it's not for everyone. I am glad that I went to public school when I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm yeah, not same. trying to da- dash, bash, is what I'm, I'm not trying to bash you. <laughs> You need to put your kids in homeschool. No, it's not it. But, and obviously this isn't true for every homeschooler. Um, but from my research that I found way back in 2011, <laughs> in case you want to do the math and figure out my age, <laughs> uh, homeschoolers uh, generally do well um, and are usually in the top in colleges and their careers because they are used to just doing things on their own, so to speak. Not that they mm-hmm. don't have anyone teaching them anything, but they are generally have more independent learning and stuff. Like my mom, she she did a lot. She did great. Hi, mom. If you have to listen to this, um, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Um, there was, but there was definitely more independent work in homeschool than there was in public school, and so. If you want to stay on top of your stuff, you gotta do your own work. You don't have the teacher there reminding you every single day. Like, if mom's on the phone with so and so in the morning before you normally do your schoolwork, like, you still gotta go choose to do your own schoolwork if you wanna get it done so you can go outside and play, mm-hmm. basically. Um, right. So, I guess that's where my motivation came from as a homeschooler. Like, there were probably about, I don't know. 
bunch of dolls. Fifty dolls, not fifty. That's not all. That's not true. I did not have. There were a bunch of toys waiting for me. I had too much toys. I did not have too many toys. <laughs> Focus. Whatever. Basically, what I'm saying is, homeschoolers can be used to being more um, motivated, I guess. Not that public schoolers aren't, but <laughs> I, I don't know. So there are perks to being homeschooled because you get a new sense of motivation, yeah? Because you get a what? New sense of motivation. Yeah. Yeah. You just, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Man, where was my brother through all that? Anyway, no, my brother, he's a, <laughs> he's a good, stuff? my brother, no, my brother's a good kid. Let me, let me talk, let me brag about my brother. All right. My brother is a sergeant in, uh, in the army. All right. We are all very proud of him. Okay. So he, he has overcome a lot. He has done a lot. Um, and so he has gone very far uh, contrary to what a lot of people said he would because of the, the obstacles he's had to overcome. We're all very proud of him. But when he is on his off time and he does not have anything to do, that boy can't follow a schedule, okay? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and I distinctly remember growing up that we would have a list of chores that we'd have to do. And I was the one I'd always do him, and he would wait till the last minute. All right. So, um, and this so was after you was home. So how come you weren't homeschooled? I don't, I'm just curious. What, what, why would uh, Basically, I, I wasn't homeschooled because I, by the time homeschooling became a course that we had to take for my brother, I was like in middle school. And... You know, it, it's just like he's been in public school since day one. Why change it? He's doing fine. You know, it was my brother. Public school wasn't working for him. Gotcha. So, yeah. So, uh, so what do I feel about the government? Wait, and, uh, I have a yes. very important question. Did you drink just mm -hmm. as much coffee in high school as you did now? Oh, my gosh. I did not drink, start drinking <laughs> coffee until after college. Okay, okay, okay. warden. <laughs> I feel like the three listeners we have would want to know if you did. I mean, I did drink a lot of soda. It was a very unhealthy habit. That was that was probably the warning sign yeah. right there. Okay, so mm. your your thoughts though on government? Uh, okay, so this is a very broad and probably slightly uh, wrong, <laughs> but uh, my very broad understanding of why uh, developed nations started doing public education was because, you know, they looked at all these roving bands of street urchins um, <clears throat> getting into life of crime and going, man, if only we could tax them, if only they would become <laughs> productive, if only they would become productive members of society that we could beat money out of instead of them becoming outlaws that we have to throw into prison and shovel more money in. <laughs> How do we do that? I know. Let's teach them to read and write. And the public Ow. education system was born. <laughs> and oh I'm sorry because I came. Okay, this is going to sound like a screed because it is a screed. But I came from, I grew up, I came from and grew up around a lot of people who are always about 
you know what, let's just cut that education because that's a waste of money. You know, those kids who aren't going to succeed, they never were going to succeed because they came from the bad place o town. So, you know, those who are going to succeed, they're going to succeed. Screw those people. Let's just keep cutting the government tree because what do they ever do to us? All the while not realizing, all the while complaining that, you know, we pay too much taxes. Maybe we wouldn't have to pay so much taxes if only we had more functioning people in society who, oh, I don't know, had the education so they could get a better job. So, um, hold on, let me dial it back. So, in my very, very, very armchair research that I've done on poverty in America and reading post-university, by the way, um, we have a... With the way we finance schools with our societies, you're going to have schools in very affluent areas who are going to crank out the kids who are going to get everything they could get possibly from education. You know, they will want for nothing because they get all the finances. And then we have schools that get none of the finances and the kids and mm -hmm. the teachers have to pull money out of their what little they're paid to support right. the kids. And, you know, we got kids who are going into school and they can't learn because they don't have lunch. And listen, coming from a guy that, you know, is 200 pounds because he's mostly muscle, you know, I cannot work on an empty stomach. If I can't work on an empty stomach, if I can't read on an empty stomach, then by God, kids should not be going until being told to learn and being graded on an empty stomach. All right. We feed our soldiers three square meals a day. We should be feeding <laughs> our kids three square meals a day. Uh, yeah. We make sure our prisoners get three square meals a day. We should make our kids get three square meals a day. The only people we don't mandate get three square meals a day are probably the people in Gitmo. And that's another plot on our society. So, um, where was I going with this? Um, yeah, more government support, please. Seriously. We spent $623 billion on defense in 2018. Meanwhile, the non-defense version of our budget, which I take it is everything that is not Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, other, and defense. So everything that was left, we spent $639 billion. And I understand that's just numbers to you because you don't have the graph in front of you. But please, for God's sakes, guys. If you want more functioning people in society, if you want more people to learn... If you want more people to be able to pay their bloody taxes, get them educated. It's just, it's just simple history, folks. It's just simple history. And if you're like, well, Captain, what about those poor inner city schools? Nothing will ever come of them. You don't know that. The person who could have discovered the cure for cancer probably died in a gang fight somewhere <laughs> because, you know, he came I from an impoverished place. Oh, man. Okay? This and, is taking and, a, a and rough you, turn. Yeah, and before you start going, hey, you can't say that, Captain. I can say that. You know why? You know how we got to the moon? Nazi scientists. That's why. We gave Nazis a better chance than we're giving some of our kids. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Wow. Okay. Now, with all that being said, so you're obviously for... A little bit more involvement with the school system, yeah? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> Let me put it this way. I thought I got. I that. would not be the person I am today. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't. I would not be the person I am today uh, without education. And I got a lot of support. I got a lot of help. I got more help than some people will ever get. And my parents, you know, God, my parents and my grandparents, God bless them. You know, if it wasn't for their love and support, I probably would not be the man I am today because they encouraged me to study. They're the ones that I remember there was a time that I hated to read mm-hmm. and you two should definitely know like, wow. whoa, what, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I hated reading and they're the ones that sat me down and taught me to love to read. Yeah. And I'm grateful they did that. But I also know that there are kids out there who don't get that. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, so and, and I understand that, you know, just throwing money at the problem isn't going to solve 100 percent of the issues. But I also feel like we are taking opportunities away from people who who need it, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we definitely need more support for them. Because I want other people to have the same opportunities I had. So, yeah. So that's why I'm so passionate about it, guys. <laughs> yeah. No, I really respect that. I think I think that's probably one of the strongest arguments for providing more money into the system. I think that there are plenty of plenty of people that talk about putting money into the system, but then when they're actually talking about it, it doesn't actually get to the kids. It's just like in the mm-hmm. overall big picture system. And I don't think that works. Um, I think it's interesting that a lot of the early public schools that started on um, the Western frontiers, a lot of them were funded directly by the community. So, mm-hmm. you know, they would use the church building and they would use uh, the books and pencils that were provided via the funds of the people wanting to send their kids to get education. Um, I'm going to throw a little bit of a wrench into it because I'm sure there are people that are itching to just yell out what so many articles have been talking about lately, and that's the idea of trades. Uh, trades don't require the same sort of educational background that a lot of us picture for college. So a lot of people have been promoting trades recently, um, like a plumber or a carpenter or, you know, mason, some of these jobs, just because, you know, they provide really good money and we have a lot of people going to college for things that will not provide money. Like, you know, the common joke is if you're going for art history, now please, for the six people that are art history majors, <laughs> please don't get angry at me for saying you're one particular field. But there are plenty of fields out there that are really hard to get a job in right now just because mm-hmm. it's been oversaturated. And that's why the trades are getting so much attention. With that being mm-hmm. said, though, I feel like with our conversation about government supporting or not supporting um, education, like there are a lot of opportunities to do both trades and traditional education as far as giving people that may or may not have that opportunity um, presented to them, giving or presented to them right now, I should say, there are plenty of opportunities to provide that for those people. Um, and you're right. You know, you have no idea who's going to come from where. You know, I mean, how many how many inventions failed before uh, Edison was shown to be a brilliant scientist? You know, it's like how many times did people have to completely fail or not even 
be looked at for success, you know, not even considered for success Mm -hmm. um, before they suddenly became a great inventor or a great speaker or a great, you know, whatever. Um, And I think education plays a huge role into that. And I think, um, you know, we look at a lot of the major difficulties that are involved in schools right now and you've got bullying problems that are really really big and you've got um, the question of technology coming into education like you know we talked a little bit about online studies but um, you know there's a lot of talk of well do we do physical books anymore or do we have a mix of physical books and tablets or do we just go with tablets and um, there's a lot of conversations out there about how to make it better and I feel like the government may or may not be the best answer, which is probably true of like every single question about the government. It may or may not be, but you know, I feel like it's also a personal responsibility because I, I remember plenty of times as a homeschooler, you know, we paid for uh, our books and we paid for DVD classes. That's how I did a lot of my education because my mom was not comfortable trying to teach me chemistry in our kitchen. She was like, nope, that's not going to happen. So we we paid for a program that was pre-recorded on CD, and I would watch these classes, and then I would do the schoolwork either in class or as homework, whatever was required, and that would be how we got through everything. So basically I was in a class. I just didn't actually go to the class. The class came to me. Um, but with that being said, like, there's a lot of kids that will, won't even get that opportunity to have that education at all. You know, they'll be, you know, off doing something by that point in their life. And with the trades, sometimes that can be a great thing. Like they can walk into a trade right out of high school or even some of them, depending on who you're teamed up with and who is working with you, you know, they'll help you get what you need without getting a high school diploma or a GED or whatever. Um, And you can just walk straight into your field. But I definitely side with you in saying, like, it's really important that we not disqualify anybody in this process. And education is huge. Like, education is part of the reason that we call the Dark Ages the Dark Ages. (laughs) Because, you know, people weren't in that same state where they could just pick up a book and read. You know, and you look at mm-hmm. how the church developed for quite a long time. Like, there were all sorts of things that were starting inside of the church um, that a lot of people just took as very normal things that this is how it should be because they couldn't read Bible for themselves. You know, and so education has played such a huge role in the formation and destruction of nations throughout history. So I think it's logical that we learn from that and kind of take the extra step and help our teachers not have to buy their own supplies to, you know, make their schoolroom look pretty. You know, it's like, yeah, okay, you don't give them a huge budget, but you give them something because what are they trying to do? They're trying to provide for the kids that are walking in their door. And if they're paid almost nothing... And, you know, I saw a post the other day on social media, um, you know, somebody took the numbers and they were like, okay, you don't want to pay teachers a really high salary. How about we just pay them an over glorified babysitter's wage? 
and yeah, they did the math and the they math. Yeah. they like did all of the hours that they're with these kids and they did all of the days that those hours apply and they took you know the standard like if you're a high schooler babysitting for a family wage and then they did all the math down and it was like this outlandish number that is probably four or five times the amount that teachers normally make. And it's like, it's so yeah, true. They got to babysit 30 kids. Yeah, oh, exactly. God. And it's like, we keep, we keep throwing this responsibility on the education providers where, you know, we, we have a responsibility to help that process. You know, it's our kids and it's our neighbor's kids and it's the person down the street's kid. And you don't know, like maybe in 10, 15 years, the kid that was down the road, because he got an education, he ends up being the firefighter that saves your house. Like you have no Mm -hmm. idea. Now, firefighter coming from education might be a weird example, but like how many more jobs are there that could actually help society? You know, how many doctors are there that never went through good school? You know, I don't I don't know that I can answer that. How many people got to be a, a lawyer or a small courts judge, you know? It's like, how many of these people that are trying to help society move forward, how many of them got assistance and how many more would we have that are actually pure of heart and, and caring and generous to others if they had just experienced that instead of what they actually got out of life? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'll get off my soapbox no, now. I was going to say, on that note, then, where do you think the future of education is going and or should go globally or just here in the u.s uh how about just here in the u.s since we haven't really talked too much globally that's true yeah that's fair i I don't know if i could talk globally Um, (laughs) i don't know i i kind of feel that um well with the way that society is always changing whether or not we want to invest more in education it one way or another it will be thrust upon us because if you think about it investing in education is investing in your people investing in your population um and you know as the world gets more technical you know internet and electronics become more important you know i'm not saying everyone needs to go work in it And I actually have a lot of respect for trade schools. You know, when I say, you know, more support for education, I include trade schools. Right, right. You know, Um, but I just kind of feel like it's going to be way more important Uh, one way or another. We're going to have to end up investing more in education just as modern life gets more complicated. The the alternative is that the apocalypse comes and we don't need to pay taxes for it. (laughs) That's a whole different episode. We already talked about No, we already did that one. But that's it. That, yeah, that, that's my two cents on that. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Guys? Yeah, I don't okay. know. I was where, where I lost you. No, no, I'm just, I'm thinking. Where, I mean, I know that hmm. there's a lot of room for it. Warden, um, if you can hear us, I think you muted yourself. Oops, can you hear me? Sorry. I yes, I can oh, hear you. I always do that. I always bump. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, what did I say? Oh. Um, for the future of education. So, who mentioned food earlier? 
One of you mentioned feeding kids. And uh, that, that was me. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, was, that, was, uh, that was, yep. Mr. Protein. Mr. Protein. <laughs> new nickname. Okay. But yeah, no, I, I think somehow in the future of education, food needs to play an important role. Well, in a couple different ways. One, teaching kids how to eat healthy if they're not being taught that at home. And two, making sure that if they aren't able to get enough food from home, that they can get that at school. Because, yeah, I, I'm with you there. I mean, I am not all muscle. I'm, like, very minimally muscle. But I still, like, <laughs> yeah, I get hangry if I don't eat breakfast in the morning. If I, yeah, I can't. I mean, I can go. I'm not going to, like, lose my mind. But I know that it does make it harder to focus and think and... Mm-hmm. Then if you got kids just hyped up on sugar all the time, which is another topic for another day, I won't get into that one, Grant. But uh, <laughs> that, like it's one thing for them to be eating; it's another thing for them to be eating enough a variety of things of vitamins and minerals and nutrients and all that great stuff. But yeah, that's my two cents on what I would hope to see in the future of education is. For kids to just have some of the basic support that they need to be able to just focus. Like, to not have to think about, oh, I'm hungry. I can't focus on learning how to read this right now because I'm so hungry type of thing. Or mm-hmm. or maybe I'm not hungry at school, but I'm stressed out about going home because I know there won't be food there. Like, I might have food at school and be fine, but now I'm stressed. Yeah. That's what I'd like to see. Okay. Anyways. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I have a good assessment as to what I'd want to see in the future. I know that there are definitely people who get buried under the system. And I think mm-hmm. that's, I think that's true of a lot of things that we see out of what systems we've already created here in the United States. Um, I think a lot of people that either mean well or are actually doing well um, get buried under the system because they just don't quite fit the right shape to um, continue forward in, in the in that process or in what they're doing. And so I feel like education is no exception. Um, there are people that are buried all the time and whether it's food or books or home life or just raw education um value for what they're actually going to get uh, i think a lot of them miss out and i think that's a shame and i think people are noticing that more and more um people are starting new initiatives and you're seeing all sorts of different teachers be very creative in how they're teaching in order to get uh the attention back into the classroom as opposed to the cell phone or the home life or whatever it is um mm-hmm. so i'm i'm actually just excited to see what will happen. I, I don't really have any predictions or um, I don't necessarily have anything that I'd say like, hey, go make this happen. Because I don't, I don't think I know. I don't think I know the education system well enough to say this is what needs change. Um, but I am pleased to see others who do know more than me starting to notice these things and not only notice them and complain about them, but notice them and start to take the initiative and say like, 
hey, this is a problem for these five kids. How do we change it? You know, and that's that's the grassroots effort that starts big change on a very large scale. Um, I think one of the biggest things that we're going to have to focus on, though, is cleaning up how we interact together. So bullying and cyberbullying alike. Um, I think that's a, I think that's a big topic that we're going to have to deal with in the next few years in order to make more progress in the education world because if you have all the education in the world but you're an absolute trash person and you don't care about anybody else but yourself and you always try to you know put others down or you know make yourself greater than everybody else like you might do really well at getting all the a's in the classroom but as soon as you get into real life like that doesn't count as success you know it's going to end up hurting lots more people and a lot of the a lot of the problems that we have with violence is starting because communication can't be established between people um there are things that are left unsaid or there are problems that you know one person pushes another one down and then all of a sudden we've got huge problems of people killing each other so mm -hmm. i think we've got to deal with the social aspect and we We've got to find some way that school is not just we all come together, learn algebra, and then go home. It's got to right. be more like it's got to be a social construct because it always has been. You know, it's never been. Nobody's ever said otherwise. It is a social construct. And half of getting through college is just proving that you can turn in assignments on time. Like, True. I mean, even professors that I know have said that. Like, yeah, we get it, you know, like this is not designed as like the ultimate learning experience assignment. This is a five page paper to show me that you understand all of the concepts and you can write a five page paper on it and present your idea as well. So that would be my two cents. I think the bullying is a huge problem. I think we've got to learn how to be social again. And I think as we learn that, then many other things that we're also seeing will be able to work themselves out as we continually progress forward. It's not going to happen by accident, but I think it will happen because of efforts that are already going. Nice. I think that leaves you, Cap. I agree. Um, oh, I thought you were going to leave yeah. it at that. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> and we're done. I, uh, yeah, I, I think we're done. <laughs> well, if you like what you've listened to so far, thank you for listening to the Survival of Us. Go subscribe to help us survive.